Welcome to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast. The show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina, owner of Quotable Media Co., a PR and media company. After nearly 10 years of building a PR agency, I've learned a lot about business and entrepreneurship, but the most valuable things have always come through conversation with other women who have been in it too, and I want to share all of that with you. So sit back, fill your coffee cup up, and listen in. I just wanted to come on before this episode today to mention that this is the 100th episode of the podcast. When I realized the 100th episode was coming up, I really couldn't quite believe it. I don't know how we've done 100 episodes. It sounds kind of crazy, but I just want to thank you all for listening to 100 episodes of this show and for following along, for supporting us, for wanting to hear about these stories, which... I just have found so inspiring to be able to have these conversations with other women in business and to be able to share them with you all. And I'm so glad that you've been enjoying listening. So I just wanted to celebrate that for a moment. And I hope you're going to really love this episode. I think you will. It felt fitting that for our 100th 100th episode, I'm talking to somebody who is on their first ever podcast um, episode, um, which to be honest, I was shocked when she told me that after we finished recording. I don't think you'll be able to tell at all. She, I think, you know, told her story so well, was such a great guest. Um, and when she told me it was her first podcast episode, uh, recording ever, I was like, didn't believe it. But I think you're going to love hearing about her story and how she has created her brand. Um, and, you know, sharing these stories is what we're all about and, and being a platform for um, people who are creating something really cool and haven't necessarily had a lot of chance to share it yet. That's kind of what we're all about. So I love that this is going to be your first time ever getting to hear her on a podcast. I'm sure it's the first of many and you're going to start seeing her all over the place. But without further ado, we'll jump right into it. I just want to thank you all for being here for 100 episodes. And, um, you know, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't yet. Connect with us anywhere. We're going to be kind of celebrating online. So definitely, you know, pop it on Instagram and let us know what you thought of the 100th episode, what your favorite episode so far ever has been, any of those things. Um, at Quotable Media Co. goes directly to me, um, and we also now have At Quotable Magazine, where we share a lot of the magazine articles as well as podcast episodes. I'm so excited to be on here today with Erica Werber, founder and CEO of Literary Candles. Erica, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear more from you. I feel like your brand, it just feels like such a like feel good kind of thing. Like when I saw your website and saw your products, like it just made me happy. And so I feel, I feel like that's such a cool, like a cool business to be able to, to create and a cool brand to have built. So I, yeah, why don't we start by, why don't you kind of give us the intro? Tell us about what your what you're all about, how you started the business, where it came from. Absolutely. So I came up with the business idea around five or six years ago. Um, One of my favorite smells in New York City are the nuts from the hot roasted nut cart that you see in Midtown, especially in the winter, you get like a whole waft of it coming at you on a windy day. Picture exactly what you mean. It was 
<laughs> it was also my father's favorite snack when he came into the city. He's a born and raised New Yorker and always bought a bag. And when he passed away, I found myself, you know, going to them more and more just to have a memory of him. And at some point I thought, well, how can I bottle the smell? Like, can we make this a candle? Like, how do I create something where I could smell this whenever I wanted? And it got me thinking about, well, what else in the city smells good? New York typically gets a rap for being a smelly city and not in a good way. <laughs> so um, I just started thinking about, okay, well, I was working in the Flatiron district and I thought, okay, well, the 28th street, you know, flower market, anytime you walk into one of those shops, smell great. A Mr. Softy ice cream cone on a hot day, obviously the grass in Central Park. And I thought, you know, this could be a really cute idea for candles. Um, and I played around with the idea for a while and it really wasn't until the pandemic hit that I found myself with a lot more time on my hands. I was uh, the co-founder of another business, actually, and a few of our clients had stepped away um, during those early months because their their budgets their budgets had shifted as well. And so I found myself time to really work on it. And I thought, you know what, let's just take a risk. We'll make a small investment. We'll produce a small amount of inventory and let's see what happens. Wow. Uh, and the response immediately was unbelievable. And really, like you said, I think there was just a lot of negativity coming out of New York City. People were moving. Mm -hmm. There were crime problems. There were homeless problems. And I think, A, the media was looking for a feel-good story and something fun to talk about that related to the city. And I think uh, people were just drawn to the fun of it, like you said earlier, the names of the candles and the colors. Um, and then I'd quickly learned that candles were one of the number one items that people purchased during the pandemic. Really? Yeah, I think for people who couldn't necessarily afford to do home renovations or purchase a new piece of furniture, it was an easy way to, I guess, update a space of their home. Yeah, I could see that. Um, it's like an easy refresh. And also, like, it makes it feel cozy, kind of. You know, depending on the scent, I feel like you can make it feel kind of cozy or make it feel, like, motivating if you're going to be working from home and weren't used to that. Or, like, depending on what you kind of were going for, there's kind of, like, an opportunity there for a little, a little something that you can add in kind of easily. Absolutely. And then a trend started where people were lighting a candle at 5 p.m. to mark the end of their workday, oh. especially if they were working from home, because it was hard to create that separation, um, especially if you lived in a very small apartment. Mm -hmm. um, so I was reading a lot about that, that there was some sort of ritual happening at five o'clock. So people would be like, OK, I'm going to put my laptop away and start my evening now and the candle symbolize that I love uh, which that. I thought was a fun idea yeah yeah I don't think I ever heard of that but I love <laughs> love the idea um so yeah so we had originally launched with 2000 candles I figured it would take me a year to sell that inventory when I started this it really I, I didn't think it would necessarily become the business it is. I really started it as a hobby. I thought I would be one of these people on Etsy that like, you know, made something and sold a small batch of it. And that would be it. I really, I thought I would purchase 
this minimum order of 2000 candles, it would take me maybe a year or two to sell them. And, and that would be the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and within nine months, we had sold 10,000 of them. Oh, wow. Um, so really, you know, doing this during the pandemic, I quickly got thrown into supply issues and freight issues. Mm-hmm. And we even, um, there was such a panic to reorder the candles because we had retailers that wanted them. We had customers that wanted them. I had learned in August of 2020 that there was a glass shortage because the glass was going to the vaccine vials. Um, So I was suddenly thrown into this business that I had no experience in, um, especially when it came to uh, supply issues, which I think most people um, during that time, or at least most small businesses at that time hadn't faced those problems. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was very interesting and something I quickly had to learn about and figure out how to work around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like nobody knew, like nobody had really necessarily dealt with that before, but a lot of people like at least had everything else in their business, like had, had been happening longer. They'd been doing it more. It's kind of like a lot to kind of be thrown into those issues when you're also just kind of getting the business started and like still figuring everything else out too, I imagine as you're going. And then it's like, oh, and also supply chain, supply chain issues. Absolutely. And, you know, I was so excited about the demand, but the pressure to actually deliver was intense and, you know, the back and forth between the manufacturer and our retailers and even customers who we we had a couple of candles that really became bestsellers and sold out quite quickly. The amount of emails I was getting from customers asking, when is it going to be back in stock? Um, Mm -hmm. It, it, it was unbelievable. I just, as, as much as it was a, as much as it was a problem, it was so flattering also that I'd created something that people were just dying to get their hands on. Yeah. That's, I mean, and that's always the issue, like usually the issue when starting a, when starting a business or or creating a new brand is like, how do you get people to even know you exist much less be like clamoring for your product right away. Right. Usually it's like, okay, well it's going to take some time to build up that amount of demand, but it sounds like it just happened really quickly for you. You were like at the, the right place at the right time, but also, I mean, there has to have been more to it than that. Like, as you said, you media seemed to be into it right away. Like what kind of marketing were you doing at the beginning, I guess? Cause, cause that does sound pretty unique to get that amount of demand so quickly. And I imagine part of it is that it was so specific to New York and people like there are obviously so many people who just love the city and a lot of word of mouth. I bet that went into that once people kind of got started, but what, what do you think? Like, do you have any insight into how that all yeah, so like you, I, I have a public relations background. Um, and when I really thought, okay, we're gonna want, we're gonna do this, we're gonna create a website, the first thing I did was hire a PR agency. Oh wow. Um, and they were fantastic. I I think again, I think it was the right story at the right time. Mm-hmm. I also think what was helpful is we had created, we launched the business March 21st, 2021. So almost a year. Okay. And we had launched with our regular collection and we had decided um, right before our first photo shoot that we would create a candle for April Fool's Day, which was just a little over a week after our launch day. And we created a candle called Summer in the Subway 
and the scent was hot trash. Oh my gosh. Um, clearly not something we were going to actually create. Um, but the photography had, you know, a crumpled up Metro card and an old slice of pizza and some trash. And that's really where things took off. Really? Um, so wait, you actually had like, like it looked like a real candle and that was the the scent, but you didn't actually like create it. But like there was like a, a candle jar and stuff with the label on it and everything. Yeah, we had the, we created the jar with the label. We had great photography on it. And uh, what we decided to do is put it up on the website. And if you actually purchased it, you would get a mystery candle delivered to you instead. So one of our existing scents, we would just pack up and send to you. And then 50% of the profits of that candle went to New York Cares, who was doing a lot at that time um, for the homeless um, who were struggling so much during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it was just, A, this was a, a perfect brand to launch during this time we had this super funny candle for April 1st. And then the charitable component, I think, is really what uh, pulled people's interest. Mm-hmm. And I think people just started posting about it. A, the media caught on, but then other people just started reposting it. And it 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 was amazing. So I think that was helpful. I'm not sure we could create recreate that kind of um attention like that again we thought about doing another april fool's one um but i i don't think it would stick as well as like like the perfect it was just the right thing at the right time right around the launch in the right moment of the of the world kind of thing exactly exactly and then once we had that momentum um that our pr agency created for us Um, I started to think, okay, maybe we should start to do some advertising. And so I had hired um, another smaller advertising agency based out of Canada who just focuses on social media advertising. And that also, I mean, we went from, you know, we went from sales of, let's say, like three to $4,000 a month. And once that advertising kicked in, we shot right up to $20,000 a month. Wow. It's unbelievable. Um, And I I ask you, can I ask you a little more specifically, like how much, because I I know this is what everybody is wondering, how much you put into the advertising in the first couple months, like how, what, what size was the ad spend in order to get that kind of return? Do you remember any of those specifics? Yeah, I remember specifically, I spent $1,500 a month on ad spend for $20,000 return. It was incredible. It was amazing. I mean, they're a great agency, but I think Again, I think our photography speaks to people. I think we had great video content. Um, You know, it's eye-catching when you're scrolling through Instagram. And especially if, you know, you can easily target candle lovers. Mm. Um, We're funny enough facing issues now um, with, you know, the new iOS updates your phone doesn't follow you as much as it used to. Um, So retargeting has become a big problem. So where, Mm -hmm. you know, if you were a person who searched for candles a lot, Instagram was able to pick up on that and feed you ads for candles. That's not necessarily the case anymore. So that's, yeah. So in 2022, that's become a problem, not just for us, but, but for brands across the board. Interesting. I know people sometimes like, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't want them to track everything I do. And people like hate the idea of that. But I've always been like, 
a kind of on the other. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to get ads anyways. I'd rather than be for the thing I am looking for <laughs> or for Absolutely. something that they, that I, they know I like, like that's so much more useful. I'm literally the person who will like Google something that I'm thinking I need or want one time just so that like Google will like capture that and start feeding me ads. So I don't have to actually keep like Googling it. Like I don't want to have to do research yeah. and look into it. I want people to serve me the ads for the things I'm looking for. I feel like I have nothing to hide, so go right, ahead. Right, exactly. Like, use my data. <laughs> That's how I feel too. I'm like, why not just help me out here? Like, I don't care if they see that I'm searching for candles. Like, why not? Yeah. Oh, that's um, interesting, but, though. That but challenge. these agencies are are figuring out how to work around it. Now, yeah, so. I'm sure. I'm sure they. I'm sure they'll be. They'll they'll figure it out. But that's amazing. I mean, I feel like people are going to ask what agency you use, so we might have to share that later. But that is. I mean, do you think so? My my other question that comes up around that, especially around like like, were you targeting people specifically in New York, like because it's very New York focused, or I mean, obviously there are people all over the place who have some connection to or love of. New York, but what did that look like in terms of like where your orders are coming from? Yeah, so we definitely started off targeting people in New York and we targeted people in Florida and California also. We felt like people who left New York um, kind of went to those. If you were really leaving the tri state area, that's where you had gone to. Um, but we quickly realized people were, there were New Yorkers making purchases and shipping them to people all over the country that had, you know, once lived in New York and now lived in Minnesota. Right. Or maybe it was a friend who lived in Ohio who used to visit New York, you know, once a year and, um, you and know, hasn't been able to come back. Yeah. It's such a like, I mean, smell is so nostalgic, right? That it's like, even if you went to New York one time, like, you know what that nut, the, the roasted nut smell is, and you might want to like feel that anytime. So it seems like, yeah, it seems like I can see how people would be into it, I guess, even if they're not from New York. Oh yeah. And especially in the beginning, um, when we first started, I was personally fulfilling all of the orders out of my apartment. Mm -hmm. um, we hadn't, you know, I hadn't thought about a fulfillment service yet or warehousing. I mean, this really was me doing this here. My kids sometimes were helping me pack stuff up and apply labels. Um, but because of that, we were offering um, a free handwritten note for anyone who wanted to ship a gift to anyone. So for months, I was writing these notes um, for orders and they were beautiful. I mean, it was parents to children talking about how they can't wait for them to come visit again. It was clearly notes to best friends who used to have brunch in the West Village together, which is one of our candles, and they hadn't been able to do that in a while. Um, and and I felt really honored to be able to kind of step into these intimate relationships and read these, you know, beautiful messages from friend to friend. Um, where clearly you could you could see that people were missing each other. People were missing, you know, the socialization and being out and being with each other. Um, and it was kind of beautiful to be a part of that and read those. Yeah, that sounds really special. Yeah. I love that. And and it kind um, of seems like when people receive a gift like that too, like that sticks with them. Like I imagine it's the kind of thing that, you know, if somebody sent you 
that candle and you loved it and, and especially with that handwritten note that was like so personalized and like pulled at your heartstrings probably like you might consider checking out that website next time you need a gift for someone else too if they might have that connection to New York so it seems like you know just that I guess that extra bit of I don't know, not customer service but like like the, those handwritten notes I bet went a long way in terms of like having other people then who received that become customers too Yeah, absolutely. And once we realized the amount of um, gifting that was happening, we did create, you know, marketing materials that went into the box with our website and, um, you know, showed the other sense available. Um, And I think especially in the beginning, but even so now, I really tracked for a while every single order where people were coming from. And I could see, you know, person A was purchasing a gift for person B. And two weeks later, person B was purchasing on their own. Oh, wow. Um, so it, it, it was really nice to see how, A, the product resonated with them. Um, and then they went ahead and whether they you know bought it for themselves or then went ahead and sent it to someone else. Um, being able to do that tracking was super fun. Yeah. that uh, Yeah. That sounds like something you could totally get caught up in. Just like <laughs> keep checking that all the time. I would totally as like a business owner, that's like so fun to be able to see that stuff. Google analytics. I, if I have 10 minutes, you know, people will scroll through Instagram to kind of do something mind numbing. I go on Google analytics and I'm like, Oh, so this person went to web- this website and then they went there and then they came to me and then they purchased. And that, like, I, I've never, been so interested in data. Yes. Before. I I bet so many people who are listening can relate to that. <laughs> I love yeah, the the data, the being able to just the, the amount of information that you can track and find and use in in business these days is just incredible. Yeah, and it's been really helpful, you know, even again reading those notes, just understanding um you know, where people, what, why were people gifting this item and where people were shipping it to helped us then change up where we were targeting our advertising. Oh yeah. Um, and then, you know, back to the advertising question, we had candles that represented special events. So we have a candle called I ran the marathon. Um, and so for that, you know, we have a calendar of every marathon in the country. And as those start approaching, um, you know, we target to those cities and sure enough, you know, right before the Boston marathon, we had major amounts of orders from Boston. Um, And then of course the New York marathon, the same thing. And you could see two weeks leading up, there's a bunch of orders. And then right after the, the next two or three days, it's insane because I think people didn't want to make the purchase as a gift until they knew that person completed the marathon. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to receive a candle that said I ran the marathon when you maybe had a quit halfway through. <laughs> yeah, wow, so. that's so smart. Okay, so there are ways to that like it makes sense outside of New York. I mean, that was kind of like I don't want to keep harping on the fact that like like it's so New York focused. And I feel like that's a little unique in that like obviously New York is huge and so many people around the country have some kind of connection to New York. But on the other hand, like I feel like that's something people are often so scared of is like targeting too much sort of with a brand or or niching down too much kind of just in general in business and for you with something especially as you know kind of like saturated market wise as candles like you can find candles anywhere right let's be honest 
to to do that and say, I'm going to start a candle company and it's going to be so specific that it mostly resonates with people from New York or who have a connection to New York. Like, I feel like that could be scary for people a lot, but, but it's also sounds like something that has made you actually be really successful with it because it's so specific that there's like no question once you see it, if it resonates with you, it's like, you're going to buy it because it's so specific to your feelings or your memories or whatever that is that like, it's, it seems like it's almost a no brainer to purchase. Like, was there any, did you have any fear around that when you were first kind of getting it going and you were like, yeah, I'm I'm making candles that are really specific to New York? No, um, you know, I, am not going to name competitors, but I felt like other brands that are in that space will like have a New York candle and you smell it and you're like, okay, but what, why, why does this smell like New York? Mm-hmm. It was just a pretty scent. It wasn't anything that evoked a memory or really meant anything. And I think, you know, the difference. So we, we have these great labels that say, okay, afternoon in central park, but when you open up and smell that candle, it smells like grass. It's not like a pretty version of grass. I mean, it smells like grass, the hot roast and nut cart. Um, I actually have this great, I mean, I drove into times Square. it must've been, I mean, really deep into the pandemic where still no one was in the city at that point. I think it was around April, 2020, because I needed to buy bags of hot nuts to send to our scent lab so they could replicate that scent. Okay, this is a good, um, there's a good transition, find... so I want to hear more about that too, but keep keep going. Yeah, so I managed to find a guy who I don't even know who he would have been selling nuts to. Times Square was empty. Wow. He was like a, a scene in a Tom Cruise movie where he, you know, is there in the middle of the night and there's not a soul around. He's just it one was, guy standing there selling nuts or, or was, nuts at least. I think I bought 10 bags of nuts from him at that point. And he was like, okay, I can go home now. This is the best I'm going to do today. Um, but yeah, so we send those nuts to our scent lab and they... There are these crazy machines that they have where they actually put the product into it and it breaks down what the, I I really, I don't know specifically how it works. That was exactly Um, my question. I was like, how the heck do you replicate a smell like that and make it actually like get it in a candle? So yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah. So that took, so even, you know, we got a few samples of it and they just weren't right. And we went back and forth on it quite a few times until, you know, finally it's, it's the scent we have now. Um, but again, you open it and you're like, yep, that is exactly what, what a hot roasted nut should smell like. And I think people are appreciating that also that it's not just like an idea of a memory. It's, this is exactly how I remember that smelling or, you know, even our brunch in the West village candle smells like a mimosa. Um, Again, but it, it's it has the scent of being in a restaurant and you know having that first sip and you're with friends and you're having a good time. Um, my grandmother cooked all the time, and I remember always walking into her home as a child, and there would be these smells, and it was you know it was such a good feeling. And if I happened to walk by a Polish restaurant and smell one of those smells, now I'm immediately brought back to my grandmother's house. And that's, I think, what these candles are doing for people. Mm -hmm. So we bring them in with the label and then they have a chance to smell it. And they're like, yeah, totally. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I mean, as I said before, like you hear a lot about how smell is like one of the, like, it's so nostalgic and smelling something can just really bring you right back to a memory. It's, I mean, it's exactly what you just said. So I see how like people, yeah, I see how that resonates with people so much, especially if you're missing something or not, not there anymore or whatever that is. And, and, um, Oh, I thought there was something else I was just going to say or ask about that, but now I kind of forgot. The other thing I was going to ask too about just inter. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to ask just again, like, I'm always so curious about like the specifics of like how you have exactly made this happen. Like when you were, did you just, how did you even find like that? Um, like the manufacturer who you could send nuts to and have them like be like, okay, here's how you make up that smell. Like, was that just like googling or or you know somebody who knew somebody who knew of a manufacturer like how did you actually because I feel like that's what that's what trips people up a lot sometimes especially when they're like thinking of starting something it's like but I don't know how to actually make it get so like how to make it (laughs) quick aside our advertising agency told me I need to be on TikTok more Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we started this TikTok account and they're like, you have to be in the TikToks. And one of the first TikToks we made is this funny video of me. And it's, you know, kind of show, it's, it's showing as if someone's asking me, oh, you, you founded a company, you're an entrepreneur. What business school do you, did you go to? Mm-hmm. And, you know, quickly revealing behind me is just a screen that says Google. <laughs> I, that has any major thing that I've had to understand or learn in this business, I've Googled. Yeah. As silly as that sounds. So when, when you say, okay, a candle manufacturer, I Googled candle manufacturers in the United States. No, see, I kind of, I kind of partly always ask these questions because that is what almost everybody who comes on this podcast says. And, I, but I still feel like it's something that trips up like so many people who haven't yet started a business. It's like, those are the kinds of things that they're like, well, I would never know how to like, like how to manufacture it or where to manufacture it. And I'm like, literally anybody who has actually taken the steps to launch a business like this tells me I Googled it and found and found things and tried things, you know, reached out to a couple places and found the one that seemed the best. So I love to hear you say that because I think that is so true. That's like what we're all doing. And it's just like people need to hear us say that more, I think. So but yeah. continue with the story because I do want to hear more of what, what you were going to say. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's OK. So, I mean, look, a lot of different manufacturers popped up. There are different, you know, websites of, you know, candle societies and within those websites are lists of manufacturers who are part of those societies. I would say 75% of the manufacturers I reached out to never wrote me back. Mm. Um, and then the few that did, uh, did not even want to do my minimums. It just felt mm. like it, it was worthless to them. Um, and I, I think I really just ended up with one, one manufacturer in Los Angeles who was like, sure, you know, okay, you want to do five, start with five cents. We'll well, this is what the minimums are. I'm sure I paid a very high price for those minimums um, because we did such a small run. Mm -hmm. I think in retrospect, if I had any idea how this business would have taken off, obviously we would have ordered a lot more. Yeah. um, And, you know, had better pricing at that point. Um, But yeah, so, and, and that's what it was. It was just, okay, let's, it was good old fashioned research. Um, and look, I couldn't go at that point, you know, no one was traveling. I couldn't go to the manufacturer, um, to visit their facilities. I really just had to email with them, speak with them on the phone and trust that 
they were going to do what we needed done. Um, they had um, a lab in their facilities that developed these scents. So, you know, we worked with the people in their lab. Um, and, you know, our the the product came and and I remember it came off the truck and we had it delivered to my mother's house in New Jersey who had a garage. I lived in Manhattan. I couldn't, you know, receive this palleted shipment of 2000 candles. Um, and, and I remember it, you know, coming off the truck and I'm sitting there with a box opener, just, I'd never seen this product before. And I was terrified it was going to be terrible. And, you know, I'm, you know, frantically opening each box of each different scent and, and they were all great. And it was such a relief. Um, and at that point we, you know, turn the website on and, and move forward. Amazing. I love it. So, and I can totally picture that feeling. I, I've never had like a product-based business, but we recently launched, well, a little over a year ago now, launched a magazine as like part of our agency. And, and I have that feel every single every single issue when the box comes to, comes off, you know, comes to my house and I start to open it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what if it's terrible? Like I can just, I feel that exact feeling of probably like the cover is just like printed totally wrong or something. And then you open it up and it's like perfect. And I'm always like, what a relief. (laughs) Like there's just something about like when you haven't like physically seen something in your hands that you created, but it's, it's so good once you actually see it and you're like, okay, this is exactly how I imagined it. Well, on the opposite side of that, one of um, one of the candles we developed later on in the year, you know, again, it it arrives from Los Angeles. It comes off the truck. I open the box and I hate the way the candle smells. Oh. I think it's too strong. I just I would never light it in my house. And we sold out of that candle in six weeks. Oh wow! So people did love it. So people loved it, and you know that was the other thing is just scent is so different from person. Yeah to person. Um, we did some in-person events where, you know, people, I was able to see people's reactions and it's just so funny. Someone will smell one and make this face of disgust, like, oh my God, no, I can't stand that. And the next person comes, smells the same candle and they're like, oh, that's beautiful. I love that. And, you know, that's also been really fascinating to just learn about. I, I think what's also interesting that I've learned is if you tell someone what a candle is supposed to smell like, that's what they smell. Mm. And we had we had um, this event where people were smelling the candles without knowing what their scent was. It was they you know had their eyes closed and the candle was put in front of them and they could not pinpoint mm. the scent. But then when you were like, oh, that's supposed to be grass, they're like, oh yeah, of course that's grass. Oh, funny. So a lot of it is, you know, your brain also, when you're told this is what this is going to smell like, you're like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I love it. So, and tell me about like, just in terms of like the look and stuff. So you found the manufacturer, they, you know, they figured out the scents and everything. Do you kind of like ship, did you like find the jars you wanted to use and you ship them there and they kind of do like the jars and the labels and everything like that um, Mm -hmm. too, based on like things, the things that you picked out and like branded and everything? So again, because I was so scared to take the risk on this brand, I, when I was talking to the manufacturer, I said, okay, what is your least expensive vessel? And uh, they had sent me a few examples. And the one that I thought was the nicest was just this clear glass jar that had a white, you know, metallic lid over it. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what we went with. And um, I have a graphic designer who uh, started with me from the very beginning. We actually, um, her name is Casey. We actually worked together at a previous job when I first came up with this idea. Um, and so I was speaking about this project to her for years before you know I decided to, to go ahead and do it. Um, and so she uh, was the one who came up with the idea to have these illustrations on the label. So the manufacturer um, sourced the glass for me and made those purchases. And then um, Casey designed the labels and the labels then get shipped to the manufacturer who then puts them, you know, in this big machine and the candles kind of go down the conveyor belt and they get labeled. Um And then, you know, kind of once we realized things were taking off and I started talking more to retailers, there were small boutique retailers who loved the product, loved the price point of the jars. There were others um, that felt like the jars weren't um, high end enough, that they, you know, the look wasn't elevated enough. And we heard that a lot, too, um, at the first trade show we, we sold the product at. And um, so as we started selling out of sense, I felt like, okay, you know what, now's the time instead of reordering this old glass, um, let's let's think of something new, like this has legs, we know we can sell this product, so let's invest a little bit more. Um, and at that point also, the cost to ship things from Los Angeles to New York was becoming insane and the freight delays which i'm sure you you read about towards the end of last year were you know product would be completed and would ship and wouldn't get to me until three or four weeks later wow and we had an issue with one of our shipments where it actually sat on a train uh for too long and some of the product melted oh no the train got really warm and um yeah we had some issues with, with a few of those um skews and so I was like, okay, if, if we're going to change the look of the product, you know, maybe we change manufacturers to something on the East Coast. Um, and at this point, you know, it's November. I, I've now been in this business for, you know, seven months and I've learned about other manufacturers. Manufacturers at this point, funny enough, are, you know, sending me cold emails mm-hmm. to come and see them. Oh, funny. And so, yeah, so we ended up with um, Uh, speaking to a manufacturer based in Massachusetts. And I, you know, started talking to them and asked them what candles they're, you know, what are their brands that they develop? And the first thing he told me is that they develop Gwyneth Paltrow's candles. And I was like, sold, that's it. If she (laughs) trusts you, I don't have any more questions. Let's move forward. And so the, the new product that's on our website now, it's this white glass and it's in a box and it's, definitely more elevated. They're responsible for developing that for us. Oh, wow. So were you able to kind of give them the exact same sense, like from what you had before? So the scent stayed exactly the same, or did you have to kind of like send them the nuts too? And No. So, you know, they kind of use the same machine. So what we did, they just needed the candles and they, you know, take some of that wax. And, um, I, I think one or two cents we had to go back and forth on a lot. They weren't, you know, exact um but yeah they're 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 pretty on point i think i'm the biggest critic because it, you know this is my business and i smell this all of the time um but i think they're 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 pretty on target uh for what they were before um but you know our our retailers love it yeah um, so we've entered this kind of new 
um, area now of just um, shipping more, you know, more orders are coming in. It was clearly the right um, step to take with the product. Wow. And, and I think that's cool to touch on too, because, you know, uh, and I mean, I guess it, it's, I want to be careful with how I say this because I think there's obviously something so much to be said for making sure something is going to be fantastic before you launch it, right? Because you needed that, obviously that first seven months and like, like that immediate boost when you launch for people to be like, this is an amazing product. It smells perfect. It looks great. It has everything, you know, everything's on point in terms of the branding and whatever to get people totally into it. But I also love how you're like, you know what, we started with the jars that were the most kind of affordable for, you know, for still looking good, the, the thing that was the most accessible kind of, and then able to like upgrade it over time as you had proved your, you know, proved your product and, and had more to invest in it essentially. And, and I'm sure people were willing to pay a little bit more money once they've kind of seen it out on the market so much more and maybe already tried it and things like that for like a slightly nicer jar or whatever, but you didn't let you know, I guess, I guess I think it's interesting how you didn't let not having maybe the the most amazing jar at first hold you back, but you also didn't decide to be like, okay, I'm going to spend a ton of money and maybe have to price these a little bit too high in order to have it be like this certain kind of jar before I launch the company, right? Like, I feel like that's such a kind of a trap that people fall into sometimes with like, well, it has to be perfect. Um, I don't know. I love to hear that you've just, you've been able to upgrade it over time, right? Yeah. And again, I didn't think this would turn, I, I never in my wildest dreams that I think this would turn into the business that it's become with the potential that it has now. Um, you know, I just wanted to create something that someone would, would think was fun. I wasn't necessarily thinking about, you know, how it would look on a retailer shelf. Mm, right. Um, I didn't even really necessarily think about how it would look in someone's home. I think it was just, this is a good idea and I want to see Mm -hmm. what happens. And if I lose my investment and no one likes it, at least I can say I tried. Yeah. I love that. And it's, it's, yeah, it seems like something that would be more of like an impulse purchase at first. Like you see it on Instagram and you're like, yep, brunch in the West village. I need that. Bye. But people aren't necessarily, yeah, it's what you said. You're not, you're not thinking about what it looks like on a retailer's shelf, but I feel like that's such a great way to kind of do it. It's like, let's just try it. I don't know. I feel like that's such a good like mindset to go (laughs) into something with in in a lot of ways and let it just develop naturally basically and show you what it actually could be and is meant to be. I think that's really amazing. Yeah. I think I just had to become okay with, you know, losing this initial investment. Um, You know, it was like at worst, no one buys anything and okay, you're out, you know, this few thousand dollars that we initially invested and maybe one or two people will buy the candle and it'll, it'll be a little less. Um, but when we, you know, when we went through that immediately, I just, I, yeah, I, I, I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked. I, you know, even when, when we first launched, the first few orders obviously came from friends and family because those are the first people I told about it. I sent out this blast email Um you know, with this idea that, by the way, most of my friends had no idea I was working on. I was almost, I was too worried about the questions that would come at me or even people's opinions of how the product should look and what I should do. I just felt like, you know what, let me keep this under wraps. And so, you know, you send out a blast email to your friends and of course they're being supportive and make a purchase. And then suddenly three days later, 
a purchase comes through from a person I had never heard of, never met. And I thought, oh my God, someone that I don't know actually wants to buy this. It means they actually want to buy it. They're not trying to be nice to me. Yeah. They actually like this product. And just that one purchase of one candle, I felt like, okay, like at this point, I feel successful. I created something that someone else wants to spend their money on. That's crazy to me. It's one thing when you feel like your friends are being nice and being supportive, but when a stranger is like, oh yeah, I'll I'll buy that. And then more strangers started to buy it. Um, It was so validating at that point. Um, You know, even when a a new retailer opens up, we opened a a new retailer in Long Island City uh, four days ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And the shop owner at first wasn't sure she, you know, we typically have a minimum that we require uh, shop owners to to purchase. And she was like, I don't know the price point. Can I just, you know, buy 10 of them and and test it? And I guess she sold out of the 10 in three or four days. Wow. And um, obviously I was thrilled to get a reorder from her, but even it's a year later and I'm like, oh my God, people like this. Yeah. (laughs) This is amazing. Like people still like it and there's still people that you know, are out there that want to buy a candle. It's every day. It's still shocking and um, humbling. I um, love it. Yeah. Well, and it's such a, it's like such a reusable thing, right? Like people can keep, but like now that it's a year later, people are probably reordering, like they're used up. They might need it again. And I love that. It's the kind of thing too, where like, they're probably keeping the jar. Like it has, even just the jar has like the, you know, with the label and everything, it has the memory still, even when the candle's sure. gone. But I bet people we, are- re- After that April 1st joke of this summer in the subway, again, we didn't produce that candle, but I had seven or eight requests from people if we could send them a label, the summer mm-hmm. in the subway label, which we didn't produce because, you know, we weren't selling them, but we went ahead and- created like a small run of them and shipped one to whoever asked for it because they just want it on their, you know, on their shelf or as like a conversation starter. Right. I bet that's a great conversation starter. And then people are talking about the candles. Yeah. And and in the beginning, I felt like customer service was going to be our number one priority. Mm-hmm. If someone has an issue with the candle, if someone wants something, you know, our, our answer is going to be yes. And I felt like that made, um, a really, a really big difference um, in terms, even I think someone had um, received a candle, didn't like the smell, wanted to return it. And, you know, it's actually very expensive to return a product, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for the brand. And so, you know, our, our response usually is just, well, you know, why don't you give it as a gift to someone, you know, don't, we'll refund you, but you know, you don't have to ship it back or anything like that. And typically, I would say 85% of the time when we do that, that person comes back and makes another purchase. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that goes a long way for people to feel like you care. And like, and I bet even just shipping out those labels, it, it like forms a more of a relationship sort of with the customers, even then if they just purchase online and just knowing you're willing to like take one extra step or give like you give a little bit more than normal, I feel like goes a long way with that customer relationship. We had um, a customer this week who had shipped a candle to her daughter who's studying for the bar exam. And I guess she didn't realize that her daughter's address in California doesn't accept, doesn't accept um, USPS shipments. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she needs a PO box. She doesn't have a PO box. Anyway, the 
the candles being, you know, we could see in tracking the candles being returned to us. And she emailed us panicked. My daughter's so stressed. Like, is there any way you could just ship her out a new one and send it overnight? And we did it. And you know what? We probably made zero money on this uh, transaction at this point with the amount of, you know, shipping and reshipping that we did. Mm -hmm. um, but the thank you note we received from this woman was worth it all. And I'm sure she'll come back. She will she will make another purchase again. Right. Um, but I, I love being able to do that. And, um, you know, we work with the fulfillment center now and I, I like pushing them too, to understand like this is our brand and, and our, our brand is to make people happy and not make people feel stressed out about their purchases. And I need you to overnight this and redo it. And, um, you know, it, it feels good when they um, understand that as well and, and work with me and um, help make things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so, I think, I mean, I just, I love that. And as far as a brand goes, like, I think that it's so easy to be short-sighted and be like, well, I'm not going to do this purchase if it's not going to make sense. Like if, if I'm not making money on it, then, you know, this is a business. People are like, this is a business, right? Like I'm supposed to be making money, but that's so short-sighted when you have the opportunity to actually form a connection with somebody and it's such a it's such a repeatable purchase and also all the people she's going to tell about it and that they're going to then buy it just it makes so much more sense in the long run to create those kind of positive experiences for people even if you're not making money off of that one candle so I think that's such a good way to look at it it's like it's just like a feels like a positive way to run a business to me too I had um uh, I had made a purchase. I think it was with Chewy.com for my dog a couple of years ago. We had bought the 60 pound, you know, bag of dog food, which is actually really expensive to ship. And, um, you know, maybe it was like a $70 bag of food and it turned out it was the wrong bag. Mm -hmm. And I had emailed them and they had said, well, you know, just we'll ship you out the correct bag and just donate that to an animal shelter. Oh. And I told that story over and over uh, for years, because I just felt like, you know, hey, to ship it back again, it was such a heavy bag, it probably would have cost them a lot of money. Um, and here you can do something nice. And now I've told the story multiple times. Right. Um, and that's, you know, what what I'm trying to do here. I wanted to quickly let you know about the Scale Your Biz Mastermind by My Founders Circle. I met Emily and Ankita a little while ago and was immediately drawn to them because of their vibe and we just generally had so much in common in terms of what's important to us in business and how we run and grow businesses and the and community around other women in business, I think. So when they shared they were running a new mastermind specifically for business owners who are, you know, pretty established already but are looking to quickly scale to six figures. I just knew I wanted to let you guys know about it and share about it. They also have a, fle a free platform called My Founders Circle, which you can check out and join for free. You get tons of value out of, and it's a really great community of other founders, and you can check them out there. But as for the mastermind, it's starting really soon. I'll put the details in the show notes. It's 12 weeks, meeting once a week, um, and there's a application form you can fill out to have a call with them to see if you want to do it. Um, if you use code QUOTABLE on the form, that's Q-U-O-T-A-B-L-E. I'll put that in the show notes too. If you put that on your form as under your um, promo code and end up signing up, you'll get a free email sequence and social media audit 
and a bonus 30 minute call with both Emily and Ankita, which is worth over $300. So that's a really great bonus that you get for using code quotable and saying that I told you about this. So I highly recommend you check it out if you're looking for a community like this, some kind of mastermind situation, some way to just feel like you're really taking charge of growing your business in the next 12 weeks. This would be a great option for you. So check it out. Go learn more about them um, and see if it's a good fit for you. Also, if you want to get a chance to meet Emily and Ankita a little bit more before that, we are actually hosting an event on April 6th at 7 o'clock, and it's a vir totally virtual event, and it's going to be all about KPIs and how to develop and track and use them to bring your business forward. And this event is hosted by me, but they're the ones who are teaching on it. They are the experts um, who are going to be teaching us about KPIs and business growth. So that will be a great free event. That's a great option to come and actually meet them, get to see what they're all about, have a sense, get a sense of their expertise and their business background and all of that stuff, which I think um, is always a cool thing to get to see before you're thinking about working with someone. I will put the link to how to sign up for that event also in the show notes. You can find that on Eventbrite or also in our Facebook group, Female Millennial Entrepreneurs. We have an event, um, a Facebook event set up there, which links to the Eventbrite page, but I will link it in the show notes and you can sign up there. Again, it's free, but you do need to register in order to get the link and be able to show up. So I hope to see some of you there. Totally no obligation. That has nothing to do with having to sign up for the mastermind. It's a totally separate event, but they're both, they're both with, <laughs> with these girls who I want you to meet. I want to, oh, I wanted to touch quickly on just the fact too, that like your candles are, um, like high quality also, right? Like the sulfate free, phthalate free, all of that stuff, non-toxic. Cause I just feel like, again, like there are so many candles in this world. A lot of candles are not great for you to actually burn mm -hmm. and have in your home. So I feel like that's just also just something that stood out to me about yours. I don't know if, I don't even know if it's anything worth speaking about, but I wanted to at least throw that out there for people who are listening. Like, and I'm sure that makes them cost a little bit more and, and is a little more, you know, a little something extra that you had to think about in terms of sourcing ingredients and whatnot, but also just one of those things that I think just, it's like, that makes you a better brand and that makes people love your products more. I'm sure the people who care about that stuff really appreciate it. I'm sure there's no downside to purchasing a candle like that. Whereas I, I mean, I know personally, I, I really will steer away from candles that don't look like they're going to be healthy for my family to be breathing in all the time. Um, so yeah. that seems like also just worth mentioning and like pointing out too. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, that was absolutely important. Um, I'm also very sensitive to scent. So I needed to make sure that the oils going into the candles weren't, you know, going to be the type of thing that would give someone a migraine um, or, or be overwhelming. Um, and, and in addition um, to the ingredients being super clean, um, where all the ingredients from, you know, those specific businesses, um, first of all, every component to the candle is made in the USA, the glass, even down to the wick. Um, and not only is it made in the USA, um, the companies that all come together to develop the candle are all small family-owned businesses. Our manufacturer, um, you know, the bigger manufacturer that we work with is a very small family business based out of Massachusetts. They've, you know, I think they've 
been in the same factory for 70 or 80 years now. Um, Even the guy that develops the wick um, also on the East coast. And that's just his, his business. The, the company that makes the labels um, also local, small. Um, And so, you know, we're not, you know, we're not giving money to these, you know, big conglomerates. It's all a lot of small businesses that are coming to, together to develop the product you see the box manufacturer um they're up in maine um so that feels really good too um that it's it's not just a clean product but um you know the costs involved go to supporting um other small businesses yeah yeah that's that's amazing it's definitely a a extra detail that i've that people appreciate and are willing to pay a little bit extra for too, because I'm sure it's not the cheapest option for everything that you're sourcing, but it's just so worth it. Absolutely. Um, and look, you know, we we want to make money on this business, but um, when, when you break down the numbers, our, you know, our costs versus what we're selling it for is actually, we're, I, I think there are companies that probably take more advantage of that um, and we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's important, you know, people's budgets are important. And I, again, I'm, I'm flattered with the fact that anybody wants to spend a dollar on something that I've created, even a year later, it still boggles my mind. My family makes jokes, you know, we, we run our, the back end of our business through Shopify. And so anytime a purchase is made, I get an alert on my phone. And sometimes I'll see an alert pop up for like, something like $280 where someone had purchased, you know, six or seven candles. And I'm like, my first thought is what is wrong with this person? Like (laughs) why would someone want to spend that much money on candles? And my husband is always like, aren't you excited and happy? I'm like, I am, but I don't understand. Like, I just don't understand. (laughs) I can't wrap my head around this. And it's a product I can see they're a first time customer. They haven't even smelled it. Hmm. So, you know, they're, they're putting, you know, all of this trust, um, in this brand, uh, which means, you know, look, we did a great job on the design and the packaging. Yeah. Right. It's all about the label. It's like, even if it doesn't smell good, they're going to love it. So that's yeah. kind of like an added bonus. So I want to, um, and we have to wrap it up. I try not to let these go too long, even though I feel like I could ask you so many more questions <laughs> and keep talking about this all day. But I want to, so I guess I want to hear like, where are you going next? Do you have any other plans? I noticed that like on the website you have uh, some Miami sense. So are you branching into more cities? Do you have any kind of plans now that you're like, okay, this is obviously you're, yeah. you've kind of convinced yourself. This is truly a thing. Like people love it for sure. So we launched Miami at the end of last year, uh, which was great. I spent a lot of time, um, in Miami, um, uh, when I was younger. And so that was the, you know, the first, the first second city I wanted to create. We have, um, a candle for the Jersey shore coming out, um, around Memorial day, which will be fun. So not another city, but we are branching out into another state. We know, uh, if you're a New Yorker, you probably spend time at the Jersey shore. Um, so we're excited about that one. And then, uh, after that, we do plan, uh, to launch a Los Angeles collection, uh, which is something we've been wanting to do for a while. It's taking a little longer because I want to make sure it's right. I'm not someone who's from Los Angeles. I don't know the city well. And so, um, we're working with people who do know, um, that part of the country a little bit better to make sure 
um, it's going to have the same reaction as the New York wine. Oh, amazing. We'll keep an eye out for that. Okay. I always ask people towards the end of the conversation is, is what's one thing that you wish you had known more about when you first started? I feel like there's, you've kind of already shared so many different things about yeah. it's just all been, it's all been different than you expected, but is there one thing you wish you had known at the beginning? I wish I had done a little bit more research about the candle industry and where candles, you know, where the, the role they were playing in people's lives during COVID, because I think had I known how, how much people were purchasing them at that point, I probably would have purchased more and gotten better pricing. Mm. Um, and I, I think, again, I was just so wrapped up in this fun idea that I left some of that research behind. Um, but if I had really dug deeper into the candle industry as a whole and seen, you know, a multi-billion dollar business um, and what sales were like at the moment we were launching, um, yeah, I think I probably could have thought bigger <laughs> yeah. at that point. Yeah. And is there any, is there like one last thing or piece of advice that you'd want to share with other entrepreneurs as they start their journey or, or go alongside the entrepreneurial journey with you? Yeah, I think, look, if the funding is there, just take the risk because what, you know, the amount you're going to learn from, from figuring it out and learning about the process and, and, and just trying, um, is priceless. And, you know, I, I think trust your gut also, if something doesn't feel good, if it doesn't look right to you, you know, speak up, this is your idea, this is your vision. And so, um, other people are going to come in and think they know what you want. Um, but it's important to speak up and, and let people know that, no, like the, you have a specific idea this is how you want it to be and look. And um, I think having just a strong voice in that process is really important too. Yeah. Such good advice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Can you share just where exactly people can find the candles, connect with you online, anything like that, that people can yeah, find? Yeah, absolutely. Our website is literarycandle.com. Um, and you can find us on Instagram also. We're very responsive, um, you know, through direct messaging there we are on TikTok, um, also at Literary Candle. Um, so you can see the silly videos we make there. Um, and uh, you know, we're in a lot of different boutiques and stores in New York um, and a few other places across the country. And you can find uh, a list of those stores on our website as well. Awesome. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for coming on and thank sharing you. about all of that today. No, this was amazing. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate all your insightful questions. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, wherever you listen. So you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes. So other people will be able to find us easily. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you've heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes or online at quotablemediaco.com slash podcast. If you want to join the community of other female millennial entrepreneurs, join our Facebook group by searching female millennial entrepreneurs on Facebook. Talk to you soon and see you there.